Next on the tee, in Season 2, Episode 15 of Grow the Grind. Live from the Founders' Cup, two-time winner of the Carolina Four Ball Championship, U.S. Open qualifier, University of Kentucky golf superstar, Curtis Cup team member, runner-up in the 2019 Girls Junior PGA Championship, a two-time member of the WGCA All-American Scholar team, and the winner of the 2021 U.S. Women's Amateur, Jensen Castle. Everything evens out is the mantra and the mindset through this episode. Jensen's even keel approach is as authentic as it appears. Without a doubt, she is the real deal. The one thing I have learned while meeting some of the best golfers in the world is that no one has the exact same perspective. Each player has their way, and it works for them. It's like a natural slow learn, something we acquire through ups, downs, and from others. For Jensen, her mindset separates her as a player, and I love that. Yeah, I obviously love that too, Allie. I've been working mental coaching with you for the last 15 years and you're only 12 right now. It's something that clearly I feel a huge passion for and I do think it's a separator and she brings that temperament and that attitude. You almost want to like question whether or not she's being honest with what she's saying throughout this podcast but after watching her play and we did watch her for a few days out there it holds true. She really is a everything evens out in the end type player. She started out day one and was four under at one point until she ran into a bit of an issue on the ninth. I think that might have cost her the cut. But again, she's cool. She's fine. She's moving on. She's going to Kentucky. She's excited to play with her teammates again. And she knows at some point she'll be back in the LPGA inside the ropes. And when she is, it'll all even out for her. Jensen and her Kentucky Wildcat teammates have a lot to look forward to when the spring season starts up in Lexington. They have a culture and buy-in that led to the NCAA championships last year. But this year might be different. No predictions, but they continue to make gains, so don't be surprised if they make a little more noise during next year's run. Jensen will be at the forefront of that run, and it's clear to me that she is ready for the challenge. We hope you enjoy our talk with Jensen. Thanks for tuning in and send us some feedback through our Instagram. Follow us and comment with questions or special guest suggestions. Our handle is at growthegrind. Now, sit back and take in episode 15, Everything Evens Out, with USAM champion, Jensen Castle. So the University of Kentucky was the first college campus I set foot on. I took a picture in front of the golf and volleyball coach's office with a few missing teeth. The Kentucky Blue brings a certain expectation and tradition when it comes to winning, and winning big. Coach Rupp and Coach Cal, and now Jensen Castle. That's right, I said it. Big Blue Nation knows it. After taking home the most elegant and magnificent trophy in the women's golf game, Jensen has sealed her name in the winning tradition at Kentucky. And today, fresh off the practice round, here at the Founders Cup, we are lucky enough to be joined by the 2021 U.S. Women's Amateur Champion. Jensen, thank you so much for sitting down with Let's us today. Let's go. Thank you guys for having me. We nailed that, didn't we? <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness. First try. First try. <laughs> you know what? Uh, this might not be as good of a night as you had last Saturday because 
I don't know if you recognize what occurred at the old Kentucky Stadium. What do you guys call that field? Kroger Field. Kroger Field. So, so what? Here's what was going down. We had a huge NCAA matchup between the Wildcats and the Gators. So they came in from the swamp and they brought up their talent. And at halftime, wasn't looking so good for the for the boys in blue. There was it, Jensen. No, it was not. It's like ten to three at half, and they're like, "Let's figure out a way to change the momentum of this whole game. What should we do?" And what they do? They got it back. Because they brought you down on the field and you're down there waving with your trophy. Uh, I know you're taking no credit in this. I was in first quarter. I, I was don't in care first when it out. was. It was so cool to see you on the field with that beautiful trophy and the crowd was going wild and you're in the end zone getting interviewed and really there was a, the reaction was like genuine excitement because they win. Winners win and Kentucky wins a lot. And so they're very proud of you. What was that like for you out in there? That was so special. Um, Mitch Barnhart, he allowed us to go up to his suite as well. So we sat up there for two quarters, which just that was even even more special being up there and seeing a different side of the field. And just the support that Kentucky's given me from winning the AM has been awesome. I mean, acknowledging me in front of all the athletes in one of the meetings, acknowledging me in front of the whole stadium. I mean, that's so special. And I'll never forget that. And the pictures prove that, how genuine and happy yeah. everyone was. Your it was smile. so cool. Yeah, it Your was smile, so cool. You can't wipe that thing no. away. You're still wearing it. I mean, yeah, that trophy is it's the first time I think I saw it. We were at Pinehurst. They kind of have on display all of the trophies, I think, that have ever been competed for on number two. And so I, I was like eyeballing that trophy. I was like, it would be impossible to make this trophy again. I, you know, it was so el- elegant, detailed, and you've probably seen it for a number of years too. In the back of your mind, had you, had, did you recognize how great it was until you had it in your hands? No, actually, I, it was so funny. It was about two or three weeks after the AM. Um, one of my teammates, Marissa Winsler, she was wearing one of the shirts from the year before at Woodmont, and you know, it had the signature logo on the side. And I walked by and I looked at him like wow, I know where that trophy is. That's mine. Like, it's just so surreal and so special. You have room for it? It's actually at the golf house in Kentucky right now. But wherever I go, I'll take it with me. So whenever I go home in December, I'll take it back and leave it at the golf course or something. It's like your new baby. I mean, I pro- pro- people are probably disappointed in how little I've taken care of it. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> Would you take care of that one, Al? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's really cool. That's really cool. We, um, we enjoyed watching it. We have a little bit of background with you. Not a ton. I mean, we, we, we knew, knew of you and knew how great of a player you were, but mm-hmm. that run you went on was special. We had intended on meeting you a little bit in the summer. Right now, we had planned yeah, we an did. event. Um, the Barefoot One Club Scramble, which we've talked about in throughout these episodes. And we had a bailout, didn't we? Yeah. We had a last second. Were you intimidated <laughs> by the competition? Or? It was a bare feet. I didn't want to see. I didn't want anyone to see my sock tan. Honestly, <laughs> you're had to bail. You're lying. <laughs> no, what happened? That was that was so tough. And I played the U.S. Women's AM qualifier. Okay, it started the U.S. Women's Open. It was warming up the second round, and my rib was bothering me. I didn't know what what it was at the time. Like, it, I didn't even know it was my rib. I mean, I didn't even know where my rib was, but I was just like, why does this hurt? And my co- coach, Golda Boris, she's like, oh, you know, it's probably tight from not stretching. She gets on me about not stretching all the time. So she's mm-hmm. like, oh, it's, you're not stretching. I'm like, okay. And so she told me to go home and take some weeks off, take a break whenever I got home from the opening because I was so burnt out. I mean, I didn't listen to her. 
and I went home and I continued to play golf and play with my friends and just mess around. And then it came around where tournaments were starting up and I went to the U.S. Women's AM qualifier in Ohio and I played a practice round, played great. And then I go to the qualifier itself and I'm struggling. It was just bothering me. I didn't know what was going on. And I fought through it. I was two under on the back, barely got me in. And then I came home and I was in, in a lot of pain. I'm like, I don't know what's going on. And it wasn't that bad yet. I was just like, gosh, like it hurts to do, it hurts to breathe. And then I told myself, I'm like, I need to take tomorrow off. Like if, so I can play a practice run for the North South. I mean, it's going to be a long two weeks because I had the North South, the Western, and then I had the AM. And I'm like, this is just going to be a long three weeks. And then I went to the qualifier. And then I went to the practice round of the North South and I played eight, 18, 17 holes. And I mean, I was miserable. Like, yeah. and I just kept duck hooking it. And I know my just swing. to protect. Yes, you're exactly. Yourself. And then I kept telling myself, I'm like, all right, Jensen, like you're only doing this just to protect your rib, like swing out. So I swing out and I'd be even in even more pain than I was duck hooking. And I'm like, I just hit the best shot of my life on 16, I'm like eight, eight feet for Eagle. And I'm like throbbing. Like I'm like, I'm done. Uh-huh. I'm miserable. And I walked off and I told Megan, I was going to be your partner for that thing. And I was so excited. It's going to be so much fun. And I walked off, and I called Brian May. I'm like, Brian, like, I talked to Brian before the qual- before the North-South practice round and told him how I was feeling, and he was like, all right, just pay attention to it. So I finished the, walked off 18, I called him. And I'm not very emotional, but, like, you could sense, like, it was hurting to breathe, hurting to laugh. It was hurting to do everything that you just do in normal, like, in a normal day. And I told him what was going on. He's like, Jensen, like, I think you need to withdraw. Mm and get up here and I'm like okay so do you think it's a bad idea if I do this nine hole scramble he's like um <laughs> yes it's gonna be a pretty bad look if you play in that and then uh. withdraw from the tournament I'm like okay so sure Come enough on. I mean Meg needed you I know I mean, we, she I, Phoebe Brinker came in last minute she wasn't prepared mentally for that no it took so long for me to prepare for you it you needed a yes <laughs> I was so disappointed I saw Megan as soon as I walked up I'm like Meg She's like, what's wrong? I'm like, I gotta go. <laughs> yeah, she felt I mean, bad for me. You, did you beat? I think you beat Meg. Did I? Uh, did two twelve-year-olds beat Golly, Meg. <laughs> Megan, I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> we had so much fun, but we're gonna have more fun. But I would, I think it's safe to say that you uh, mm-hmm. had plenty of fun after that decision of, of pulling out yeah. of that event. Since winning the AM, your life has been flipped upside down. The win has done so much for you. The opportunities keep rolling in. First, the Curtis Cup, and now this event in New Jersey. I want to talk to you about the Curtis Cup. What was that experience like for you? Oh, it was so special. Unfortunately, it was such a quick turnaround for me. I didn't really get a process or form any expectations or anything. And I had just gotten vaccinated right after the AM, so I had to get vaccinated to go to Curtis Cup. Yeah. And that made me a few days late, so I didn't get to experience everything. But it was such a great experience. I've never been out of the country, so that was even more special. Apparently, they don't have air conditioning over there. Hmm. Didn't know that. Anywhere? Hmm. Not inside. <laughs> I mean, it was, that was tough, getting used to that. But it, just seeing a different side of the world. Where was it at? In Wales. Yeah. I mean, I didn't know where Wales was when yeah. they interviewed me at the AM. I'm like, what? And the course was clearly different than anything you had played before? Yes, but we got extremely lucky with the weather. I think... I, I From don't, what you hear about anywhere out near that London area, you're not expecting much sunshine. No, it was a lot of sunshine, no rain, right. and not any wind. So we got extremely lucky because I don't know if we would have won if it was it the other way around. It wasn't true British style golf. No, it wasn't. 
Not at all. But I mean, it was a great golf course, and it we had so much fun. Feels a little more British style golf out here right now in New York, doesn't? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it does. This reminds me of California all over again. Hazy and yep. kind of a little bit slower out there. Chilly, a little soft, right? But the Curtis Cup is something that I mean, everybody mentions as their bucket list. Like, can't believe I was able to play in thing. And so we don't really, other than seeing the photos of you guys posing together and smiling and, you know, you have Rachel and all those friends as, that are a part of that team. Obviously, Rose was there and I, I, the list is really, really deep. So adding you to that almost last minute just solidified how great you guys were. Uh, what, what are some of those moments like when you're sharing them with such great players and, and friends and, 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 and being a part of a team like that in that atmosphere? It was really cool to see everyone outside of regular golf. Like, don't get me wrong, I played with Rachel Heck for 19 holes, and I mean, I knew her prior to the AM, but I've only ever seen her on the course. I've never seen her off. So seeing all these people, really great golfers and great girls off the golf course and how they practice differently and warm up and their insight is really cool to see. They're diff- just a ton of different approaches from all great golfers, and that's so cool to see when they all come together. And we're all really good but just seeing how everyone else differs and how do they differ can you go into that at yeah all? i can tell you i'm the only one that warms up putting everyone else went straight to the driving range which i mean that's fine everyone has their own thing you know but i mean i warmed up putting 30 minutes by myself no one else not even the other team was out there warming up so it was just me i'm like gosh i mean all these people warm up like driving like hitting the ball first that's crazy um but it was super cool that's just one of the small things so, so you spend 30 minutes putting. I mean, however. Whatever it yeah. is. Who cares? I putt first, and putt then, first. then I hit golf balls. Then you go hit balls. Yep. Do you come back to the putting green after you're done hitting balls, or you no. walk out to the course and yeah. tee it up? Walk out to the golf course, whereas like a lot of the other girls, they go hit golf balls, they chip, and then putt. I mean, I don't even chip. I don't chip when I warm up at all. So just seeing like all of that, that's such a big thing. Like It's so different in everyone, and seeing how that varies. A lot of people also have a, t- a like different approaches, and like, with the yardage books, I don't put much focus on yardage book at all, especially leading up to a golf tournament. I don't ever study what the golf course looks like before I get there until I'm playing the practice round. Same thing with, like, pin locations. Like, they'll give us pin locations in school. It means nothing yeah, to you. no. A lot of the girls will write it down and draw it in the book. And, I mean, that's awesome. Like, it's really cool because you know you find it and you can see all the breaks and, like, certain of, of the yardage books. Whereas, like, me, I mean, I don't do that. Like, I look at the pin sheet, I'm like, oh. 10 on from the front, okay, minus 10. There you go, that's my distance. I don't really look at the small breaks and stuff. So, so that's, you simplified that mental process prior to coming to the course. But when you're here, you're taking it all in. You just had a practice round right now. You were actually only supposed to play nine holes. Then yeah. you realized that tomorrow, you're, those nine holes that you're playing tomorrow were the same nine holes you just played. So yeah. you got like suckered into playing 18 today. So you really had to take a lot in and a lot on. Are you feeling good? Yeah, I'm really excited. Um, but, I mean, I don't really – I don't know. Practice round is just practice round. I don't think anything of it. And same thing, like, every day you're going to play golf. Like, you know what I mean? Every day I'm going to learn more and more about the golf course. And it, I don't overthink it. I mean, there's no point in writing it down in, in the yardage book or anything like that. Allie, do you feel like uh, you spend time on the putting green first or do you go to the range? I go to the range first. I don't know. I've just always done that for some reason. I just – well, do you Can't want to lose. win an AM someday? Because clearly there's a, I mean, you're doing something wrong here, obviously. <laughs> I mean, I also didn't touch a club for two weeks prior, so I don't recommend <laughs> that either. How easy is that? You, oh, you dropped out of the no. Western, too. I dropped right out of the Western. I sent dropped her an email. North and South. You limped in basically as, you know, a part of it. 
uh, with a bum rib. Mm-hmm. It was it was just a strain. Stress fracture. Was, you actually had a break in that thing. It was yeah. We well, this is what happened. We didn't know what it was, but she told me. She was like, we can get an MRI, and if you get an MRI, we can see if it's a stress fracture or not. And I'm like, okay, so like, what are the side effects? So what happens if I get an MRI? She's like, well, if you get, a, get an MRI and it does come back as a positive stress fracture, you're not playing in the AM. And I'm like, oh, well, we'll never know. So we just played <laughs> see, with whatever I had. Smart kid. That's, that's <laughs> a little bit of a crazy story, don't you think? I would yeah. say it's crazy. Yeah, golf is crazy. Sometimes you advance into a 12-for-2 playoff to get into match play at the AM. The same thing happened at this year's North and South with Gina Kim. She moved into the match play by the skin of her teeth. The both of you won the entire thing. What was that playoff like for you? Right, like, okay, so you're off a stress fracture rib. You said you barely got in with shooting two under. Now you're actually there. You haven't picked up a club. I'm just trying to paint the picture. So you haven't picked up a club for two weeks. You only putt to warm up, apparently. You haven't chipped at all. And now you're in a uh, 12-person for two-spot playoff to get into the match play and the round of 64. Yeah, it's going to be crazy when I explain to you my mental process in this. Um, I believe everything evens out in golf. Everything does. And, I mean, even in life in general. And, for example, I um, I knew I was getting that through that 12-2 playoff before I teed it up. I walked off 18. I had about a 10-footer. And, I mean, you can ask Rachel Keene. It was one of the best putts I've ever had. And it was the weirdest thing. It lipped out, but it wasn't firm. It was so weird. Like, it wasn't even – it was just the craziest thing. It came, you felt like it had dying speed? Yeah, it was dying. It, no, it definitely was dying speed, which is shocking because I don't normally putt like that anyways. But it literally came back all the way, and it was, like, great speed. And I'm like, okay, so it is what it is, you know? Like, everything evens out. So I walk off, and I look at Marissa – and Lainey Fry, two of my teammates at Kentucky, and I'm like, did I miss it? And actually, my score was wrong in the golf and on the website. So they're like, yeah. And then Lainey comes up to me and she's like, wait, Troy, one of some of the guys, the one guy that was with me, told her that it was wrong online. She's like, no, I think you're in the playoff. I'm like, oh, I am. She's like, yeah. I'm like, okay, how many? She's like, twelve for two. And I'm like, oh, cool. That put should have gone in. I shouldn't even be here. So I'm good. So I walked up to the tee. You know, I already knew mentally that I shouldn't even be in this playoff because that putt was so good, and it evens out. I mean, that putt didn't go in, but I got in anyway, so it would have been the same either way. Mm-hmm. That's just how I think of golf and life in general, and, I mean, it's just how it's always been well, for lucky me. Lucky for you, it evened out quickly. Sometimes it takes a couple years to even oh, out, I don't know about know? that. you so, got to pay attention to little things. That's great. Like, I think that mindset of, like, confidence, Allie, going into situations like that, too, is a difference maker. The fact that that's what she, like, adheres mm-hmm. to in her life, her perspective is very clean and simple. It all evens out. So you're talking about even keel mentality, players that can just play at a level all the time. That when things are going good, sometimes you know, oh, there's going to be something bad, so let's not get too excited. Mm-hmm. And when things are going bad, hey, you know, there's going to be something good. If you if you can prescribe to that, like, and commit fully to it, when you step onto a tee box with 12 other girls for two spots in a USAM, you're not going to really worry too much. Just like when you were in your third or fourth playoff and you looked at me and you were like, I'm going to win. Just mm-hmm. like when Lucy, that one time yeah. in Virginia ran out there and was like, I get to play in a playoff. That was her first playoff, though. But we had That's... prepped her mentally like, for yeah. the fact that she was yeah. going to have a meltdown. She's <laughs> seven so many times that yeah. then when it happened, the mental preparation was there. So yeah. you seem to believe that in your heart. So then this week should be really good for you. 
I mean, not necessarily. I mean, I'm not going to go in here with any expectations, but I know that if I have a lip out, that it's going to work out at the end. Or if I have a bunker shot and it and it hits the hole and it should be off the back of the green, then it's going to be okay. All right, so let's dig a little bit deeper into, into that match play. You came from a two down with three holes to play in the semifinals to defeat Stanford's Rachel Heck, the 2021 NCAA Individual National Title winner. And she's a buddy of yours, right? She is. She's awesome. She's one of the most genuine, awesome people I've ever met. Down, down to earth. She's down to earth, but you're down two with three to play I against mean, the, the reigning national champion. Yeah, and I mean, at that point in the round, and that point in the week, I just couldn't believe I was still standing alive. I mean, I was just enjoying life. I mean, every time I walk down any fairway, I'm like, this could be the last time. I mean, let's take it all in. This is a great golf course. I'm having fun. I mean, I didn't even have plan on having a caddy yet alone still make it this far i mean i told the doctor i'd be done wednesday and i'd work thursday so here i am on friday <laughs> still playing but I mean, it was super fun and i mean i i was just out there playing my own game she and i were six under at that point wow. i was losing i mean that's awesome that's a great match if i'm losing two down and i'm six under where did this uh like emotional maturity and understanding come from for you you have it like it's your perspective is so clean it's just like hey it is what it is it's not about results for me it's about this game is going great if it doesn't work out for me eh, i'll go to work what's work what do you do i work at a golf i work at two golf courses actually and what are you doing there a cart girl just, just take people carts. carts yeah i mean that's about it i don't know i mean <laughs> i like having distractions and i mean i worked all summer i couldn't touch a club so here i am working for two weeks everyone's like do you even play golf anymore <laughs> So you beat, you beat, you end up coming back. You make some putts, right? It was all was it all putting that week for you? Was it putting? Uh, I mean, I don't I don't think so. I normally I hit the ball really well that week. Yeah. My ball striking, I mean, it was really good. And I'm not saying I'm not normally a good ball striker, but normally with my game, it's putting. Like I get, I don't normally hit it inside eight feet. I normally make twenty footers like it's nothing. So that helps. So when you actually are hitting it that close, it changes oh, yeah. the entire dynamic of the round. Yeah. When you have a three, I mean, on the 19th hole in the final match, um, I hit it about three feet. I'm, I can't tell you the last time I did that. Right. Yeah, that's uh, – so I because I ask all the time when I think Allie and I talk, what's the most important part of it? And, and some people say, well, you just got to hit Bo, – uh, Bo Jin, though, he says, like, you just got to hit it close. He's a – what is he, a Texas guy? He's like, all I do is hit irons because if I hit it to three feet, I'm making everything. And some people say, I got to spend all my time putting because that's where you make your money, you know. Um, but for you, it's just a good balance, a healthy balance. And when the irons are good, you know you're a good putter. So, you know, it's a much, much better result. I mean, yeah, I know everything evens out. So there, that, there goes that. I mean, I wasn't putting bad at the AM at all. I mean, I put it really well and very consistent. But I hit the ball a I think lot you closer. Put it well. I mean, oh, I know it, I did. Was it fun watching yourself on TV or could you not handle it? Uh, I don't know. I got roasted pretty good about my putting stroke. They were drilling me. I, I couldn't watch much of it. I'm, my love language is words of affirmation. And listening to them talk about how bad my putting stroke is and how this other girl should win, I was just like, I'm turning this crap off. Wow, I didn't even catch some of that. Because we had it on the background. We were at a tournament, and actually we didn't hear the audio. So it was just we were watching the play. Must have been nice. I guess it would have been, yeah, because it looked like you were putting it great, and it looked like you were in control of most of that day. 36 holes grueling in the final matchup against an Arizona ace. She's like a stud freshman at the time, and, and so... But you had to have some real confidence going into that final final couple rounds, didn't you? 
I mean, yeah, I was just having fun. I mean, it was when I finished on the 35th hole, I didn't know it was over. I that's the word. That's so funny to digest and like realize. But I walked off, and you know, I was mentally ready for another match. And they're like, Jensen, you need to go here. I'm gonna hand you the trophy here, and this is what you need to say. Da 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 da. da. I'm like, it's over. Like yeah. I've been here all week, and th- it's over. It was it was just crazy, and that just shows. That just shows that like mentally, like I was so involved that it wasn't a thought. That's called being in the zone, Allie. <laughs> yeah. Go ahead. So, we like Rachel Keene. You partnered with the Wake Forest Star for two straight years to win the Carolina Women's Floorball Championship. Pretty sure you guys blazed through that event and dominated every year. What makes you guys such a great team? Rachel and I have grown up together. Like, like She and I were best friends growing up. There's actually a picture of her and I when we were like seven and eight. I mean, I got braces and she's... <laughs> It's too good. But she and I know each other's game really well, and we even each other out. Mm-hmm. And I think that's extremely important in match play and just knowing the other person's game. Like, there are a lot of times where she and I would be in similar positions to make birdie, and only one of us would make it because the other one would pick up. Just knowing mentally, like, ah, oh, she's got me. Like, just having the trust in each other is extremely important. So that's something you're going to continue to do? Look for those four ball events, partner with buddies. I mean, that's got to be one of the most fun parts about playing golf when yeah. you're not just by yourself out there. No, definitely. Um, she and I have only done it for convenience, actually. So the past two oh, years. Oh, because you don't like her anymore. Just conveniently, you're <laughs> yeah, next. Yeah, no. No, she's awesome. I don't know how someone couldn't <laughs> like Rachel. But the pri- the year before, it was COVID. So she was like, you know what? There's not a lot of tournaments going on. Like, let's play in something fun. I'm like, all right, well, where are we staying? She's like, oh, let's just stay at our, my house, and, you know, it's yeah. 10 minutes from here. I'm like, perfect, you know, that's super fun. Stayed at our house, just bonded, talked about all the crap in college and all the drama, whatever. And then <laughs> we go this year. It was in South Carolina, so we stayed at my house, and then we drove 30 minutes for it. So we've been doing it based on convenience, and we told the director that we'll play in it as long as we can as long as it doesn't overlap with other tournaments and it's somewhere near Biltmore, Biltmore Forest in Columbia. Yeah. <laughs> cool. This year's Women's US Open at the Olympic Club had to be a treat. There were 40 AMs in the event and they showed out. Were you proud of any friends at the event and what was that like for you? We already know I was proud of Megan Gani. <laughs> yeah, she's a she's, she's awesome. I'm so proud of her. She and I played. Uh, there was an event before the tournament, actually. It was a um, caddy player par three contest. She and I were played in the same group, and she and I had so much fun. And, I mean, I've watched her play the par three, and, I mean, she was just playing all right. I mean, it wasn't anything impressive. But what she did at the Open was impressive. I mean, oh, I'm so proud of her. I just kept watching. and I mean, she actually played behind me in the first two rounds. So I'd look back and see all these fans. I'm like, what's going on back there? Like, this is now, crazy. What's going on was she was handling that course. Yeah, she, I mean, she was taking that course and making it something else because that course killed me. But, God, I was so proud of her. That's what was confusing to me, just watching the – the, the length first of all because I mean you felt like the field a lot of the field had some hybrids into some tougher looks but the the length of the the side stuff you know the rough and and the difficulty that setup was how do you come across uh, and win or c- come close to winning at such a young age when when there's so many seasons look we're here right now look at how many season pros they just go and they just show up and it's almost normal but yeah. from an AMS perspective 
it's di it's a completely USGA different setup, right? Yes, and the more I thought about it, because I was super upset with my performance, and it did not help that I was burnt out. Like I, I was ready to quit after that tournament, and I kid you not, like I, I was gonna quit. Um, but she, I looked back, and she played in the college, the Country Club of Charleston, so that wasn't her first open. So she had some type of idea of what it's gonna be like. Obviously, that doesn't matter. She still has to play well. That doesn't matter. I'm not taking that away from her, but she kind of knew what was going on, and just. I think it's very important to have had that under your belt playing an open before, to understand there's going to be a ton of fans, to understand the difficulty of the golf course, to understand what goes behind it. Um, but like I said, I'm not taking that away from her. That's just to apply that and know that's so impressive. Yeah, that's we just had Amari on, and she mm -hmm. was kind of mentioning a similar thing where she, that was her first LPGA event as well. And so her perspective was just simply, I'm just going to try to come out of this on the other end and feel like I had a good time and enjoyed the moments. Yeah. Which you did. And now you're here again, just like she is. And in your, this is your second, is this your second LPGA event? Maybe uh, more than that. I think it's my first. Oh, well, I played in the Open. That's it. So that would be your first. This, this is your second. Yeah. So this is your, so this <laughs> yeah, is your second, second. This is your second LPGA event. And, um, do you think that now you can step into this one with that in your back pocket as well? Just like Meg did. Because you just mentioned it worked for her. I mean, yeah, but I actually didn't draw the, the conclusion that this is my second. Like, I was more so comparing the Opens in general. I mean, this is this is just fun. I mean, at this point, just being here and having that exemption is super cool and, and getting inside the ropes and just learning what it is like to be a professional and if I want to do that one day. It's just very important. I mean, just taking it all in. I mean, mm -hmm. especially being able to apply it in the future and in college golf. How's your game right now? I mean, it's good. My rib still bothers me a little bit, unfortunately. Um, so I'm very limited on practicing. So my, especially now that my head coach, my trainers are more involved. Yeah, they're trying or to like, keep you. Or like, Jensen, we're watching you. No practice, no full swings a day. You can putt and chip. That's it. I'm like, <laughs> frustrating. But it it is what it is. And just being able to still play, and it's awesome. Back to Kentucky. It feels like you have a squad. You have stepped away from the college life this week, and I bet you miss them already. How is that fall season going, and what are your expectations for the program heading into this spring season? Well, I can tell you right now we have no expectations because that's not going to get us anywhere, especially yeah. with this past summer, how well we all played separately and individually. Um, just to bring it together is extremely important, but we cannot form any expectations, especially with how good of a year we had last year. So we're all going to take it once at a time, enjoy each other's company and team chemistry, and go from there. Um, mm -hmm. But, I mean, like I said, all of us, a lot of my teammates this summer had such successful summers, and it was so cool to see. Well, that's, that's oh, my squad, am I missing them? Yeah, you miss those girls? Oh, my gosh, yes. It's so crazy for me because every year I say we have the best team chemistry. And somehow it gets better and better every year. Um, the girls that Golda Boris and Brian May have recruited at Kentucky are just one in a million. I mean, you, I couldn't have hand-selected better teammates than I have right now. And all of them are different in their own ways, but it's so cool to bring us all together. We were actually just recently doing a disc report. We had four, like The coaches make us take this personality test and like see who has high Ds or high S's or whatever, and a lot of the girls are extremely similar. And so you can see that the coach is recruiting similar girls, and they all even each other out, and it's so cool to see. Is it personality that they look for along with the gameplay? I mean, is there some sort of recipe for a Kentucky golfer, those 
fans of ours that like Kentucky. We have some buddies from Kentucky, actually, that really aspire to be a part of that program. Or, um, I mean, what is that? What is that like intangible it factor that might be something that brings you to that roster? It's not something specific. It's like this in any college recruitment process. I think every college is going to look, or every college coach is going to look at their personality, maybe some more than others. But I mean, Golda Boris, I mean, she'll, she'll ask the team, do you see this person fitting in with this team? Does this personality, is it going to click? Or she won't even ask us if no one knows her. She'll be like, okay, I can see this personality fitting in really well with this person. This would be a great fit for our team. And then, you know, go from the game. I mean, it's very important to have a very good team chemistry. And if, if you don't have that, it doesn't matter how many good players you have on your team. If you can't get along, I mean, that's extremely important in such a team environment. They got to be excited for you this week. They're reaching out. Oh, yeah, of course. I'm sure I'll FaceTime three of them tonight. I mean, the relationship I have with them, they're just like sisters, and it's so special to have. Everybody they're... that skips college golf doesn't get it. No, and they never will. I mean, that's something you'll always want. Is like, I mean, we'll all be at each other's weddings, being bridesmaids. The coaches will be at our weddings. I mean, that's just something special, especially if you don't have a lot of family at home. Just forming that in college is very important. You know what makes that bond even tighter? Winning. It just does. <laughs> so <laughs> I hope you guys do well, and I hope that you make a push. You guys yeah. were in the tournament last year. Our uh, first time in 31 time years. in how many years? It's a 31. long time. 31 years. And wow. so that was maybe like a premonition of what was to come in the way that you took that momentum into the summer individually. And now, like you said, we've come back without expectations, but maybe with a little bit of a different grit to you, like, hey, wait a minute now. We're, we, we're going to get there, but now what's going to happen when we get there? That's that seasoned approach. Yeah. So it's okay. I'm not asking for a prediction, but you've got to be excited for the spring. Oh, I mean, yeah, we're super excited. But, I mean, it's just all taking everything one one tournament at a time. Like, it's, What does the winter look like? Kentucky's not crazy warm. Oh, my gosh, it's so cold. This is not a good subject to talk about because all I have is negative things. It's so cold. <laughs> no, but we're from Chicago, so we're in the dome. Like, I we're, mean, we're, we're probably better than you. you. I'm oh, just from better. Columbia where our winters is 40 degrees. Oh, my goodness. Last This last year, the, the amount – of cold it was freezing i think everyone had a bad winter this past year though yeah like south carolina had a bad winter and you mm-hmm. get that every once in a while we had good hockey weather we had good hockey weather but i mean the snow was don't roll your eyes can you skate <laughs> no i mean i can ice skate but i did learn that this year because you know i'm stuck outside and there's Go ice visit the- meg in, in or you know around december you know when you're home and then you can come skate with us okay we'll put you in the backyard and put you on the ice i heard that develops a, a, a yeah that's a fact like you guys actually ice skate like outside, not in a rink. <laughs> in our backyard, we throw a rink up. Yeah, like we, uh, it's like sixty by forty, and uh, we have the neighborhood come over. It's it, we probably have about fifty to sixty pairs of skates in the garage, and the kids just come and grab them. And I got to re. I'm like this idiot with a blowtorch in the backyard at, at night, like trying to get the ice perfect for the next day's. Well, skate. like he was saying. Um- that can help with your how far you hit the ball, like if you hit slap shots. So I remember one time I would do that just to help with my She's so golf. crazy. She's back. It's like six degrees. She's got like seven sweatshirts on because we don't wear jackets out there. You look soft if you're wearing a jacket and playing hockey. But And I told her once, like, hey, I think these hockey players really hit it far. So maybe you should work on your slap shot. She's out there just hitting shots off the boards. That is not – so don't tell me that this is a sore subject for you. We live in that mess. Yeah, I mean, the winners aren't that bad. What do you do then? Thank you. you, I mean, if we're going to be comparing Chicago (laughs) and Lexington, it's not that bad. But do you guys have an indoor facility at Kentucky? Oh, yes. we are just kind of working on... We have a great indoor facility. And during the off-season, obviously, the hours go down a lot. 
So we're inside and there we have a great indoor facility, but it's super hard with COVID, but it'll be a lot more lenient this year. We have a great, huge chipping putting green inside. And I mean, it's super high. Like you could hit flop shots. I mean, we're not allowed, but you could. You go to any Kentucky basketball games? I've gone to a few, yes. It's been awesome. That's good. Mm-hmm. Coach Kell's office is kind of looking down over the uh, the practice gym in there. Mm-hmm. He's probably monitoring who's getting shots up right now. That was cool. Allie went in there once and shot around on that hoop. Mm-hmm. Uh, they had the light on. It was during the draft. I think Coach Kell was probably in New York with like 50 of his drafted players. But that culture of winning and that culture at Kentucky, volleyball just won that national championship. Uh, we were excited to watch that as we have some friends that are part of that program. Is that something that where they bring the whole all the all the different programs in? There's some unity within that uh, mindset, or are you guys individualized and kind of in your own little world over there? I think it depends on what sport it is. I'm, basketball is very eliminated from all the other sports. They have their own dorm, which is all. I mean, that's different. You know, they're diff- living a different lifestyle than we are, which I, I totally understand. But we don't. I don't interact with any basketball players. I don't think I could even tell you or if I saw one who right. they are. It's just that they're that eliminated. Whereas with volleyball and soccer, I see them a lot more. So, and I have friends on those teams, so we communicate those way that way. And I mean, they'll tell us about their process of the whole how that went, the whole winning of nationals for volleyball, and how that went, and their mindset and approach to everything, That's and vice versa. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. I think Do it's, you share? Are you guys together? You know, is it a, is it something that where the, you know all the programs are buying into the same winning mindset? And it seems like in some ways it, it can be that way. Yes, and I also think it's very individualized. Whereas I'm the one asking. I'm asking Z, one of the girls on the volleyball team. I'm like, so what were your guys' approach? What were your feelings going into this final match? You know, you had a 50-50 shot. How was that? How was your approach for that? And, you know, she would tell me. It, it's not as much as maybe the coaches discuss it outside, but you, it's very hard to because all the sports are so different. You know what I mean? I mean, just it's not very comparable between soccer and volleyball and golf. But I, I see what you're asking, and Mitch Barnhart, our athletic director, does a good job making sure we all know that we all want to be successful and bringing out the best in everyone. Mm-hmm. So um, what I want to know, and I ask this quite a bit, but when have you seen the biggest improvement or jump in the quality of your play? I don't know. I've just always been playing. <laughs> I never noticed. I mean... The, winning the AM was really special, and yeah, but well, even going back to like when you were that. junior, I think you're like uh, you, you're crawling forward. Is it really baby step after baby step after baby step until you win the AM, or is there a time in your career? Maybe it was from six years old to nine, where you're like, "Whoa, I just got good." And and we're curious yeah. about why or what that was that 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 yeah, like, that it doesn't have to be you. a couple. It doesn't. It can I be see when you're saying. Junior. So. <laughs> It was about my junior, into my junior year. No one knew who I was. And I mean, you could ask Maury Avery. She wouldn't, she wouldn't know who I was. And all of a sudden, I started playing in these tournaments. And I got into the AJGA girls at Furman. It used to be there. And I got into that tournament, you know, because I was in South Carolina. It was convenient. And I was just South Carolina local. I got in that and got third place out of nowhere. And, you know, that gave me exemptions and other stuff. And I just somehow started playing really good golf. I can't tell you were what you it seven, was. How old were you? 17? 17. And I was not committed. And then I ended up getting second in the junior PGA. So at 12 years old, if you would have walked into an AJG event that was playing at like 56 to 5,800 yards, how would that have looked for you as a 12-year-old? 
I don't know. I wasn't playing AJGAs then. I mean, I was just... I guess it's hard to compare, but I'm just curious because a lot of people want to be where you are at the age of 12, and it's not realistic. I think everyone needs to focus on their short game and their mental approach. I think that is that was so big for me, and I never realized it until I was able to apply it. Um, for example, the junior PGA, I did just come back from the Wyndham Cup the week prior, which I don't even know how I got into. <laughs> but the junior PGA, I had no expectations. I had no idea what the tournament was. I had no idea the strength of the field or anything else for that tournament. And then out of nowhere, I come in and at second, and I'm leaving the tournament, and I'm realizing I just shot 13 under four days. And, I mean, this tournament's one of the biggest junior golf tournaments there is. I mean, just it's literally second to the AM. And that's so impressive that I didn't know that. And having that mental approach of just, oh, it's another tournament. I'm here to play. I don't know who's playing. Course is fun. All right, it is what it is. And just having that mental approach, especially not putting expectations on it because it's just another tournament, I think that is so important for junior golf. So you've removed almost all emotion from it. Yes. I don't. I mean, everything evens out, and I have no idea. Like, I I will not look at a golf course until I get here. There's, is there a science to taking the emotion out? I mean, has that just been a natural thing for you throughout your entire career? I think it's been a natural thing for me my entire career, but I don't. I think other people could do it if it's successful just not stressing themselves out to and just appreciating where they are because at the end of the day there's a lot of other problems going on in the world and my biggest problem is getting up and down from a bunker it's not that big of a problem all right that's good i mean that's good perspective to share for sure i think you probably put pressure on yourself sometimes when you're training and you're trying to get ready for bigger yeah. events and so then in the moment you're just like i can't believe this is working out the way that i don't want it to yeah and everything happens for a reason at the end of the day i've never won a playoff in my life until this year at the Open, I got into a playoff for qualifying. And, I mean, I had for obviously forgotten about all the playoffs I've lost. Then I ended up winning that playoff. And I'm like, this is the first time I've won a playoff in my life. And yeah. I'm 19, 19 years old. Like, are you kidding me? <laughs> um, but, I mean, like, like I said, it evens out. You know what I mean? And How good I, were you when you were eight? I mean, I was really good for my age. I, just between... 15 between the ages 15 16 i just hit a wall maybe 14 16 i used to be really really good junior golfer i mean i used to beat rachel keen what were you playing in we did all those like little usga little not usga um what were those things called u.s kids we did the u.s kids so you're traveling around doing little regionals that's how rachel rachel keen and i met we just did those little traveled around do you remember any of them (laughs) like that you loved not, did you do like the holiday classic or did you do uh yeah i think i did that one i just remember playing one you time remember just beating her no 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 she and i were competitive about it but i just remember one year it was so cold and it was north carolina and i was just miserable and i'm like what are we doing out here and then i ended up playing really well and i was just like can i oh. get some hot chocolate please <laughs> <laughs> it's just the memories and you gotta take that in as at the end of the day i mean it's so much fun to make these memories with these friends and your family and traveling and just realizing that there's other problems going on in the world and just being out here playing a sport like this and being as good as you are and also just accepting that when you do start playing bad that it is what it is. You know, you've prepared all you can, and you can't have regrets with golf. I think that's very important. Like, you did all you all the preparation you could, mm-hmm. and it wouldn't have changed anything. That's yeah. awesome advice. I think that's great. All right, so, Allie, I think that I think that we're in a good position with her. I think Jensen's in a good position in her life right now. She's got yeah. teammates that she loves. 
She's got a, a college situation that she couldn't be more excited to get back to. She just wrapped up winning uh, probably one of the most beautiful, elegant trophies, like you said, Allie, that yeah. exist in the game, which got her into this awesome LPGA event, which she's super chill about and yeah, is ready really to play chill, in. You know, just going to putt. I'm just going to putt. Just chip. And then, uh, no, I'm not going to chip. I'm just, <laughs> yeah. uh, I'm a, I might hit some balls, but I'm limited on my ball striking right now, so I'll just go play. And I have a feeling that's going to be a recipe uh, for success for her. Yeah. I think we should probably watch her, and I think uh, hopefully you have some support here, mm -hmm. and I know you got people rooting for you. And uh, pushing, pushing for you to do really well here. I'd love to see you play for four days. Yeah. And we wanted to have you on before, and we I know you're busy, so thanks for taking some time. Yeah, here. thank you so much. No for worries. I'm time. so glad you guys had me, especially after I <laughs> didn't play in your <laughs> scramble. You're easily forgiven. <laughs> you're fine. Pretty no. disappointed, not gonna lie. Well, we were cheering for you on TV, and we're happy mm -hmm. that you won it. So, yeah. what do you think, Alan? Wrap it up. Yep. Thank you so much for joining us. I really appreciate it. And that wraps up this episode. And always remember, golf is great, the grind makes it greater. That's right. Thank you. Thank you, guys.